Welcome to the New England and New York Real Estate Journal podcast. I'm your host, Rick Kaplan. Today's episode is from a virtual conference on June 9th that Castle Green Finance had put together on C-Pace Financing. If you would like more information after listening to this podcast on C-Pace Financing, you can go to www.castlegreenfinance.com. Here is part of that virtual conference. Welcome to the Castle Green Finance webinar on C-Pace. I'm Rick Kaplan from the New York Real Estate Journal and Podcasts. Let me introduce you to our panel today. Our moderator is Randy Eckes from Reed Smith LLP. Randy serves as a partner for our real estate finance practice with more than 20 years of experience as a real estate finance attorney. He represents large lending institutions, private equity funds, debt funds, banks, bond investors, C-PACE lenders and administrators, and property owners in a wide variety of commercial and real estate financing, structured financing, and secondary market transactions. Our speakers, Sal Tassier from Castle Green Finance. Sal is a managing partner of Castle Green Finance and is a leading expert in C-PACE finance He has over 25 years of experience in commercial real estate with specific expertise in structured lending and CMBS organizations and underwriting. Next is Fahan Katra of EE Consultants. Fahan has over 20 years of design, construction, and energy optimization experience. Fahan is registered as a professional engineer in the state of Wisconsin with numerous certifications. Next, we have Fred Lee from Bayview Pace. Fred served as the co-CEO of New York Energy Efficiency Corporation, the country's first local green bank. He helped launch New York CEEC as founding member and as the administrator there, was responsible for the development, implementation, and launch of New York City's commercial Pace program. And now I introduce you to Randy Eckers. Thank you. So Sal, um, how does PACE work overall? What types of projects and assets can be financed using PACE? Uh, Sure, so uh, PACE is a a public-private partnership that was designed to uh, encourage investment in energy efficiency and sustainable improvements on properties. Uh, it can not only be used on existing properties for small to moderate uh, renovations, it can also be used on uh, gut rehabs, it can be used on ground up constructions, uh, adaptive reuse, and uh, it, you know, it is a program that is run state by state. Uh, so each state has uh, certain nuances to it, but the General overriding idea is to use the, uh, the proceeds of PACE for energy-related uh, efficiency upgrades. Uh, in some cases, it can be used for sustainable, like seismic or uh, flood or wind mitigation. And uh, it can also be used for things that we naturally think of when we talk about green initiatives, uh, like renewables, such as uh, solar or wind. And uh, the PACE financing is unique in that uh, we take those items and it gets converted 
to a real estate tax assessment uh, on the existing property, which is a voluntary tax assessment to the owner. Are there particular types of real estate in particular that, that can benefit from a PACE assessment? It can really be used for any type of real estate that uh, might be older or coming out of the ground. Uh, it really depends on the individual capital providers and the, uh, the programs. So most of what we see are the major food groups like uh, multifamily, office, retail, hotel, uh, industrial. But you know, we very often see uh, things like agricultural uses, um, entertainment type of uses, or you know, other specialty products, uh, hospital and healthcare, uh, is probably a good example, senior living, things of that nature. All right, great. Um, Farhan, um, what are some of the technical requirements and parameters for a project to be eligible? Yeah, thank you, Randy. Uh, we're so blessed to have the C-based program here in New York, as well as nationally in all the states. As Sal was saying, it's you know, through the technical means that really helps reduce the pollution rate as well as make the environment better. <clears throat> it allows us to improve the condition of our buildings as well as the energy efficiency of these buildings as well as financially um, um, enable uh, these projects. From the technical perspective, you know, these programs are all slightly different as Sal was saying they all have their own unique perspectives on how to address that but the end goal is the same they're all trying to make the buildings the infrastructure you know whether it's senior living or uh, manufacturing um, or hospitality a, a better environment you know not just for from an environmental perspective from a sustainability perspective uh, but also from a financial perspective as well. Uh, so the goals are all lined up regardless of where you are. Um, the, in general, from the, uh, you know, the, the, the technical side is a little bit different, whether it's an existing building and you're trying to improve that, or it, if it's a new construction and you're trying to improve that, or if you have certain uh, certain sustainability certification on that building, for example, a LEED cert, uh, certification or a Energy Star certified building. Um, so the paths are slightly different. And again, it depends on what program you're in. Um, uh, in, in let's say in New York, um, in general, there are two sides of the energy assessment. So most of these programs require you to go in and do some level of energy assessment and balance that for, with the cost that is uh, towards those energy assessments or the measures that are found. Measure is anything that uh, can save energy or water conservation, for example. Um, so let's say, let's, let's pick New York. In New York, there is a clause which says a, um, or cost benefit ratio analysis. So you have to go in, evaluate the building uh, from the energy or water conservation perspective, and you find those independent measures. Now we have to look at the measure and evaluate the lifetime energy or water conservation associated with it. 
and then compare that to the cost impact of it. And if, if the ratio works out, then that's a great thing to do. So it's a really good check. And most of these programs nationally, they have some level of check in there that guides you to make sure that those are good improvements um, that we're making. Um, so from a technical perspective, the, the way the path is, is one, you, 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 you understand if it's an existing building or a new, what is the background of that building, review the drawings, go through the energy, as, energy assessment. Again, if it's existing, it's done a little different. If it's new, it's done differently. And then you evaluate that project from that energy and water conservation perspective and then line that, that up to the cost side. Um, you know, I can give you an example um, and pick on windows. Windows are fairly straightforward and very common in these upgrades. If you have an existing building and let's say the windows are in poor condition and we want to upgrade those windows, um, you want to compare the windows with what you have there right now because you're trying to improve based on what's there right now, your alternate. And again, it may change based on what program you're in, uh, but that's typically how it's done uh, in most of the programs. So you compare the new build, new window that you have in mind, the more energy efficient window to what, what's there installed right now. And you find out what the energy savings are over the life. And then you compare that to the cost, the increase of cost, what money we're spending to upgrade off that infrastructure and then you evaluate that. Um, the whole objective of this technical side review is to understand that over the life of that measure, life of a measure of a window could be 20 years, 25 years, um, we're in net positive. So we're making a positive impact from a financial and environmental perspective compared to the amount of uh, money that we're spending to make that upgrade. Um, discussion changes a little bit if it's new construction. Uh, for new construction, of course, there's nothing there right now. So what do you compare it to? Compare it to the code. Uh, and again, depending on what program you're in, it might be a little bit different. Might be New York stretch energy code, might be some other energy code, might be some other baseline. So if different programs allow you different baselines and different ways of making that comparison. Um, so, so now your baseline is whatever that code is and you're comparing to it. So in general, this is how the technical side of the program works. Thanks, Farhan. Very helpful. Um, I think that's a pretty nice segue into um, a good question for Fred, which is, Fred, in New York, we have Local Law 97. Um, what is that? I think that would be helpful for everybody to know, particularly in New York City, um, and how can PACE help building owners comply with that? Sure, thanks, Randy. Um, so Local Law 97 um, was passed as part of a suite of local laws um, in 2019 as part of the Climate Mobilization Act. Um, there were other local laws passed with it, including um, PACE legislation, but that was really the cent centerpiece. Um, and it's a, a requirement that buildings over 25,000 square feet reduce their greenhouse gas emissions more significantly over time. So the way it was modeled or designed is in 2024, that's the first measurement period, uh, only 20% of buildings won't be in compliance with Local Law 97. 
and and there's basically a, sort of a threshold over which a building can't exceed um, greenhouse gas emissions, and there's different thresholds for different building types. Um, but by 2030, that flips, and so you know, 80% of buildings, 75 to 80 percent of buildings will not be in compliance. Uh, and if you're not in compliance, you have to pay a fine. And the fine is based on how much in excess over kind of that threshold you are in terms of your um, emissions, your CO2 emissions. So, um, so you know, that's kind of the stick, that's part of the, the Climate Mobilization Act. Uh, and, and PACE was sort of positioned as the carrot, right? It's the um, opportunity to use um, relatively cheap long-term financing directed specifically at um, the measures that will help improve your, your building's profile vis-a-vis uh, -vis greenhouse gas emissions. So, um, so you know, there's been a lot of inquiry uh, in New York City about sort of local law 97 for sure among building owners. I'm sure Farhan can um, attest to that. Uh, and so buildings are, uh, owners are definitely um, focused on this um, in assessing kind of where their buildings stand. Uh, because they know that if if not 2024, 2030, um, their buildings will most most likely have to pay some sort of a, a fine, uh, and and so they need to position themselves uh, and their buildings so that um, that the, they don't do that. Um, and and the best way to do that, of course, is to do um, retrofits um, that are sort of designed by a, a building engineer, an auditor, um, who does a study and and can make those determinations. Um, and, and so, uh, you know, that's part of the equation in, in, in New York City, for sure. Um, you know, Farhan talked about the cost-benefit ratio or savings-to-investment ratio. Um, part of that calculation um, where you're determining the amount of savings or the benefit can include offset local on 97 fines. So that can increase the sort of, you know, available capital to you to do improvements in, in your building. So... Um, so that so there's definitely a complementary feature um, to uh, the PACE program in New York City, and it's it's definitely aware of local law 97. <clears throat> Great, thanks, 